Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 5 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Stories of the New Testament, an appendage to a series of books written under the banner In Defense of Christianity. Podcast 24 examines Matthew as it addresses the subject of heaven. The following statement by the Savior to his disciples has always been a bit of an enigma. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. We have a distinction. There is the kingdom of heaven where God sits on his throne, and we have a kingdom of God on earth. The kingdom of God on earth refers to the church Christ organized while in his ministry. Paul gives the organization of the kingdom of God on earth. Ephesians 4, 10-14 He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. The primary purpose of the kingdom of God on earth is to prepare his saints to enter the celestial kingdom spoken of by Paul. As you can see from the writings of Paul above, the purpose of the church or kingdom of God on earth is to perfect the saints, to edify or enlighten the body of Christ, to unify the saints, meaning to keep the doctrine pure, to teach the saints knowledge of the Son of God, to make the saints Christ-like, and to keep the saints from false doctrines taught by the cunning of man and Satan. The Savior, of course, is the key. He is the only way we can enter the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before man, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Christ works only under the direction of the Father. However, it is Christ's church on earth which is referred to as the kingdom of God on earth. In the book of Matthew, the phrase the kingdom of God is used six times. Each usage refers to the establishment of Christ's church. 1. Jesus saith unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore say I unto you, The kingdom of God shall be taken from you, 
and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. 2. When one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. 3. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. 4. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. 5. And again I say unto you, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. 6. Whether of them twain did the will of his father, they say unto him, The first, Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. Those who confess or preach or bear witness of Christ, Christ himself will bear witness of them to the Father which is in heaven. Likewise, those on earth who deny Christ, those will Christ deny before his Father which is in heaven. We plainly see the connection between the kingdom of heaven in heaven and the kingdom of God on earth. One is an imitation of the other, and the purpose of the kingdom of God is to perfect us so that we may return to the presence of the Father which is in heaven. Christ tries to get us to focus on heaven and always have it before us in our heart and in our mind. In the following, we learn that no matter how great one is on earth, he that is in the kingdom of heaven is greater. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The above is a paradox. Save for Christ, how can anyone be greater than John the Baptist? John the Baptist was the forerunner of Christ. His greatest moment was when he baptized Christ himself. He became the first Christian martyr. The fate of the martyrs is revealed to John the Revelator. Revelation 6, 9-11 And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God, and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. So what does it mean when Christ said, There hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist? Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Christ is not talking about the kingdom of heaven on earth. He is talking about the kingdom of heaven in heaven after the resurrection. He is talking about the celestial kingdom. He is comparing John the baptizer on earth with glorified beings in the celestial kingdom. All glorified bodies have greater light and knowledge than even prophets who are on earth. Obviously, when John the Baptist is resurrected, his own glory in the celestial kingdom will be greater than his glory on earth. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, 
and the violent take it by force. Christ is referring to the beheading of John, the first martyr, and perhaps his own pending crucifixion. The following paradox demonstrates the law of opposites. It follows the Christian principle that to whom much is given, much is expected. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which had been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. According to Bible historians, Capernaum was the home of Matthew, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. It was the site of many miracles. Christ healed a man possessed by an unclean spirit. Christ healed Peter's mother-in-law. Christ healed the servant of a Roman centurion. And Christ also healed the paralytic lowered through the roof. But even after all those great blessings from heaven, Christ condemned the city of Capernaum because the people did not sufficiently regard the miracles. Ironically, he is not speaking of a city without faith. He is speaking of a city that places worldly things above the things of God. Christianity is built on paradox, as demonstrated in the following. At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Certainly the Father is referred to as Father which is in heaven. Above he is referred to as Lord of heaven and earth. We are also introduced to another paradox. It would seem logical for the wise and prudent, both virtues, to be prime candidates to receive revelation. However, due supposedly to pride, they focus on scientific inquiry, whereas those not educated by the universities are more susceptible to things of the Spirit. This, of course, is not a new concept. One of the primary messages of the New Testament is that the rich and powerful and learned most often reject Christ, whereas the humble are converted and children are teachable. For hundreds of years, the Jews had considered themselves the chosen of the Lord. From their lineage came great prophets. They will always be a chosen people, but no longer just the chosen people. Christ redefines those who are chosen. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. In addition, the above teaches that the Savior gives a strong family image suggesting that families exist in the kingdom of heaven. Also, of course, he is suggesting the equality that exists among the exalted. The concept is validated by scripture, such as the following, abiding by the rules of inheritance. Revelation 21.7 He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Romans 8.16-17 The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. As mentioned earlier, the Lord's Prayer teaches us to pray to our Father which art in heaven. Jesus reinforces that with the miracle of the loaves and fishes. 
And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples, and the disciples to the multitude. Christ continually focuses our eyes on heaven, as his eyes were continually focused on heaven. Speaking metaphorically, Christ teaches us that only that which is from God will endure. But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. The above also echoes the words of Malachi. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. He is speaking of family relationships, which echoes back to an earlier statement. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. In the following, we are taught all revelation comes from heaven. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Then Christ does a peculiar thing. He connects the kingdom of God on earth with the kingdom of God in heaven by giving the chief apostle Peter special priesthood keys. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The above clearly identifies the connection between the church Christ established on earth, which is known as the kingdom of God, and the heavenly kingdom where God and Christ now dwell. When Christ comes, there will again be just one kingdom, and Christ will be king. As was revealed to John, as recorded in Revelation 17, 14, These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.